This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, Baby Nation. It's Jack here with a little bit of housekeeping. Starting this week, we're going to be releasing fortnightly for a couple of months while we work on the next iteration of our show, which is going to be just the same except even sexier, it says here in my notes. Uh, So expect us in your feed every other Monday until later in the summer. And if you find yourself in withdrawal during those off weeks, now is such a great time to subscribe to our Patreon over at patreon.com slash podcast, so you can get a whole other show every week uh, until we're back on our regular recording schedule. I love you, and I kiss you, and I hope you enjoy this episode, which is about the greatest movie ever made. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Club. What? 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 Nothing. Okay. Why are well, you I'm... coming at me with a bad energy? You know why, because you said your wife hated the movie. She did hate it. Yeah. God, that makes me furious. It's her type of movie. It's the type of movie that she truly hates where it's like the entire thing is based on misunderstandings and miscommunications. Not really. Yeah. Not even. Did you watch this one? I did. God. God, God that makes me angry. Pokemon at the same time. Oh, but, okay. so you didn't actually follow it at all. I followed it. I followed it. <laughs> Perfect. I think Perfect. I, ha- I, I sh- bear my soul to you. I tell you it's my favorite movie. And you play Pokemon through it, yeah. For your other podcast, like literally, is there like a a more perfect way to stab me in the fucking back? And then, and then you tell me just as we're sitting down to record that your wife hates it. Yeah, she really did hate it. God, Jamie, I liked it. Did you see the link that I sent you today? Yeah, I was asking if you were um, witnessing. Go on me. Are you witnessing on me? Go on your web browser. Are you trying to make me love God? Go on your web browser. Their Are you... logo looks like a piece of cake with a crucifix on top of it. Go on your web browser. Normally, I'm I don't have to ask you browser. three times. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Here's the the podcast. is called Apple Podcast Preview. I'm, no, Blue, I'm asking you to go Blue on your- Christian Church. Love God. Love people. That, is that what I'm serve. asking you to do? To, to read? No, I'm asking you to go on your web browser, type in bit.ly- Slash BSCC podcast. Okay. It's taking me to the Blue Springs Christian <laughs> Church podcast. Okay. Well, what the hell? This is us. We're the BSCC podcast. Wait, but that's not even what our bit.ly is. Yeah, I know. Our bit.ly is BSCC merch. Right. But Which, then. And that still works. Yeah, but why did these guys who are called Blue Springs Christian Church. Hone in on our... Oh, their BSCC, the podcast. Their BSCC podcast. Blue Springs Christian Church. It says, transform my finances, transform my work. Publishing pretty regularly. Yeah, they're killing it. They've got a five-star rating. Yeah. That's only one rating. Still. I think it. I think this is someone's weekly sermon. Okay, well, it's upsetting. Just well, and that's podcast. what and that's what we do as well, isn't it? And, and it's that's our what weekly we do sermon. as well. And, and it's our weekly sermon. And it's a, hi hi. It's the Babysitters Club. And Club, we're witnessing and this Shepard. week. Yeah, about the uh, movie that we watched. Yeah, it's a babysitting movie. What we do, you're Tanner Greenring, and what me we like, t- to, uh, me Tanner. 
What we'd love to do is talk about babysitting books. And this week, um, you've, we've been doing it for a while. Uh, we For uh, five years, we talked about uh, the babysitting sitter cycle by Anna Martin. And then for the last, um, we've been moving at a faster clip the last 10 weeks where we've been talking about um, other babysitting books. And we talked about Mangalorian and Walter yeah. World and... Strangler things and um, uh, the Dark Tower and the Road and and so on and so forth and uh, bringing a baby and this week it's one fine day and it's my favorite movie and I fucking love this movie and it makes me fall in love again every time I watch. When you it. texted me the other day, you said it was secretly your favorite movie. Not that secret. Now you're now you're openly claiming it. Well, we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have a secret favorite movie and an actual favorite movie. I think it's probably my secret favorite movie. I mean, my actual favorite movie is maybe Die Hard, something like that. Basic. Well, this is, a, this is I've said it. It's my favorite movie. It changes Basic. over time, but One Fine Day, since it came out in theaters in the mid-90s. Yeah. Um, and it was the first movie I ever went and saw again oh, by wow. myself. Really? By myself. By myself. It came out in 96. 96. I went and saw it, and I loved it so much, and it made me fall in love again for the first time, and then I went and saw it again. It was it was good. I didn't, I didn't dislike it. Yeah, and it's a babysitting film. It's a babysitting film. It's about yeah. Egg and a boy. And about Egg? Mackay Pfeiffer from what? the Coolio music video for Gangster's Paradise and what? George Clooney. Oh, yes, Mackay Pfeiffer, yeah. Okay, Kai gotcha. Pfeiffer from Eight yeah. Mile, who yeah. appeared in the music video, whose whose yeah. other notable acting role is appearing in the uh, cameo in the music video for Gangsta's Paradise by yeah, and Eminem in uh, in Lose Yourself. He says, "There's no movie, there's no Mackay Pfeiffer." Right? And he's talking about he's this, talking this. about Mackay Pfeiffer from um, One Fine, Fine Day. Day, and uh, George Clooney's in it, and two children. Two children. One is called Egg, and the other one is called Egg. Okay, Egg. I didn't. From... I missed that. From Arrested Development. Okay. This is going right over my head, but I'll, I'm going to trust you on it. Okay, I'm going to trust you on it. One of the children is Egg from Arrested Development. We loved it. It's a babysitting movie. It's so good, and it'll make you fall in love again. Um, here's here's something okay. yeah. that I thought of as I yeah. was watching this film. Mm-hmm. Michelle Mackay Pfeiffer, n- n- absolutely not. Did you? Yeah, constantly through this movie. I just love it. Mackay Pfeiffer... Yeah, is not someone who strikes me as a warm and charismatic romance lead. That's because of her act, her acting. She's an actor. She reminds me of someone who is angular, mm-hmm. sharp, cold, unpleasant, and I was surprised to see that she was the pick for this one. Yeah, she nails it. She didn't do a terrible job, I guess. She's good. Was it George Clooney? Was was he in Batman Returns? Yeah. No. He's in Batman. Was, one of the Batmans. That was still. I I thought maybe there was a chance that this was a, a spiritual sequel to Batman Returns because George Clooney did play Batman. Mm-hmm. Mackay Pfeiffer played Catwoman. Batman Returns is still Michael Keaton. But, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Batman. I, do, I still do like think that. it's a spiritual sequel. Okay. I'll allow. Um, just because you know they the. the George Clooney was Batman. Mackay Pfeiffer was Catwoman. Oh, I see. So they were reprising their roles. Yeah. Batman is a troubled man child who uh, is still obsessed with just playing with his toys. 
And I could have sworn Mackay Pfeiffer was in. Oh, yeah, she was. It's Michelle, I should say. Dangerous Minds. That's the movie that uh, Coolio did the song Gangsta's Paradise yeah. for. Okay, perfect. And I should say it's Michelle Pfeiffer. What are you, how am I pronouncing it? You're pronouncing it like Mackay. Listen, I think that yeah, one of the- M-I-C, Mick. Mm-hmm. H-E-L-L-E. And the L-L is, in Spanish, you would pronounce that as like, like a yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to so, trust you on Mich- this one. Mikhail. Mich- I'm going to trust you and Eminem on this one. But listen, um, they do a clever job with this film of getting around the um, the thorny question that has been at the center of this particular run of our podcast, which is, can you babysit your own child? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, they do a good job of navigating it deftly because... Yeah. They switch their, sw- they switch their children. Yeah, yeah. It's, bril- it's fucking brilliant. So they are babysitting throughout most of the film and sometimes they do they're like mother's helpers mm-hmm. they do like it's like the pike kids they'll go on a joint babysitting mission together yeah would you like to describe the film me yeah fine i get 96 seconds though okay <laughs> that seems fine do you need it yeah there's a lot that goes on it's a, co- listen listen to me here's what i need from you let's leave jamie out of this she can do okay. what she wants she's not on our podcast usually uh-huh did you love it? It's so good. It's so it's doesn't it warm you up inside? It's just it's just such a lovely it's, movie. It's so difficult, Jack, when someone comes to you and says, "This is my secret and also actual favorite movie," and I yeah. love it. It makes me cry when I'm watching it, and I um, love it so much. Yeah. Uh, did you love it too? Yeah. Did what you? am I supposed to say to that? Say I thought it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was a fucking ride. It's so I funny. It's it so was... charming. That you really believe that their love is blossoming? I thought it was a perfectly fine romantic comedy from the mid '90s. That they're all named after like old timey songs for yeah. some reason. It's fifty two percent on I Rotten thought, Tomatoes. I thought I was surprised. <laughs> as my, I don't. I don't think I like Michelle Pfeiffer in the role, but I do yeah. think that I came around to her. Yeah, she's great. Who would I have wanted to see in that role instead? She's perfect. Great question. Okay. 96. Hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer is perfect for the role. You can't recast this movie. It's perfect. It's a perfect film in every way. It's a, there's so much love in it. There, you could tell they're in love from the moment that they meet. You can't you tell? Julian Anderson is from the not moment they right. set eyes on each other, even though that they're at odds. Cameron you can tell. Diaz is not right. Terry Hatcher is not a bad option. They complete each other. Sandra Bullock wouldn't have been a bad option. Sandra Bullock would be good. Yeah. I would watch a shot-for-shot remake of this film with Sandra Bullock. I would watch a shot-for-shot remake of any film with Sandra Bullock. Oh, you that's how much you love her? Yeah, I love Sandra Bullock. Listen, we got to describe it. Why fantasy cast a movie that's already perfectly cast? Yeah, good point. Yeah. I, and the whole point of me saying that was like, I came around on her. I did think she was good. She's great. George Clooney, handsome as ever, prime of his handsomeness. So good-looking. And that's like the whole joke of the movie. I mean, it's not even a joke. It's like, I guess at that point, George Clooney was so much in the zeitgeist that it's just kind of assumed that everyone is in love with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And throughout and the was, movie, like he's like all the ladies in his office are just like, was, hi, Jack. Someday I hope hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. Hey, Jeff. I didn't know you had a daughter. Yeah, that's Maggie. Oh, she's so cute. Yeah. She looks just like me. Well, yeah, she'll grow out of it. Well, the girls are talking to you like that. What are you that. talking about? Like what? Uh, 
Hijack. Maybe that's why I like it. I was trying to stall so that I could um, read the plot synopsis of Dangerous Minds and, and do that oh, instead. God, that would have annoyed me. God, that would have annoyed you so angered much. me. I'm so yeah. glad you're not doing that. How about I put 96 seconds on this big bad clock and you say everything that happens in the film? Because not everyone's seen it. And f- some like trolls on Rotten Tomatoes, i.e. 48% of people who have reviewed it, obviously also didn't see it because they said it was bad. Do you ever worry that maybe your POV on this movie is... Uh, what? Do you ever worry that your POV on that that, that maybe... You're in the minority. No, I'm not. It's 52% on, on tomatoes. Oh, okay. Right. You're yeah. in the s- slim majority. Yeah. And it, and this is like a very polarized nation at the moment. That's like true. It's, it's a radically polarized Everything nation. is so wrapped up in politics yeah. now. <laughs> you know, you can't just yeah. have an opinion on something. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, so why don't I start this big bad clock in 96 seconds? You should describe the plot of it. A lot of people haven't seen it. You ready? What do you mean? A lot of people haven't seen the movie, so you could tell them what happens in it. Oh, I thought it was a very popular film. I'm not saying it's popular. I'm saying it's good. Okay. Ready? Yep. In three, two, one, go. Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer is a high-powered businesswoman in Manhattan, and she has a young son who goes to a Montessori school in the Upper West Side. Um, at the beginning of the film, she's, she's told that she needs to... Um, drop her son off at uh, the ex-husband of her best friend's house. He's George Clooney and he's a um, obnoxious like press dude who works for like the New York Post or something like that. Journalist. And he um, has a daughter who also needs to go to school. They're classmates. The boy and the girl. He neglects to uh, be home when she when Mackay Pfeiffer comes to drop off the boy and they go to school together and the school is gone because they're on the circle line towards a boat now the one fine day begins because these two <laughs> need to take care of these kids while trying to juggle high power careers George Clooney is trying to take down the mob with journalism and yeah. Mackay Pfeiffer needs to do a big presentation to say uh, she's an architect and she's like Here's the, the big house I'm going to make for you guys. In the process, they learn to love. They learn to laugh. Mackay Pfeiffer says, that's my son out there, and I need to go be with him because he has a soccer game. And they go to the soccer game, and Mackay Pfeiffer's son's dad is there, and it's the guy who accidentally shot Brandon Lee. And time. It's the guy who accidentally shot Brandon Lee? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I it's, I like you that you're like Carrie Strug. Like you did all these like flips in the air. <laughs> and I was going to comment on that, but the way you landed that <laughs> was yeah. so like surprising and like bad but also brave. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't totally know what to do <laughs> except yeah. just be proud for you and for America. We were watching the film and Jamie <laughs> uh the the boy's dad came on the screen. Mm-hmm. Um and Jamie was like, Who's that guy? It looks familiar and looked it up and she was like, Oh, it's the guy who accidentally shot Brandon Lee. Okay. <laughs> wow. So yeah, it's that guy and he's the dad. It's such a great movie. I hope people watch it. It's they at first they're and not. And then they in don't love. even hook up. 
They don't even hook up. They don't even kiss. That's what's so good. That's part of what's George good Clooney about falls it. asleep on the couch because he's That's just so tired good. from part his of what's long, good from about his it. One fine day. Yeah, they do do a, a big kiss in the kitchen. Oh sure, sure, sure. But then they're gonna like pork. Even Actually, though... that's my hashtag swoon moment. Okay, and it's kind of what the kids are saying. Okay, they. I don't know if I can get to the end. I feel like people who are listening to this need to experience them kind of hating each other before this could land. They well, they hate each other throughout the like almost until the last minute because he's like a man child. He is sort of like a and she's like playboy, very buttoned up and like doesn't want to let anyone help her. And you know, it's 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 loaded with some like possibly in retrospect unfortunate um, kind of gender stereotypes. Yeah, Um, but we're gonna push all the way past that today. Um, because it's so fun. They don't like each other for those reasons, but they need each other. They complete each other, and they're both so sexy. And they do, um, they do a big kiss, and they, and they do big kiss. And they're, I think, the plan is so. Mackay Pfeiffer is like, "Hey, this kissing is good, yeah, but let Can me we go stop? freshen up. Like, yeah. I need to go change into something that makes me feel, man, I feel like a woman, yeah." And then she goes in like shaves her legs. I think she's fully expecting to pork. She's gonna do a, a full bone down. Even though the son and the daughter are in her bed watching Wizard of Oz in a small New York apartment, seems like an inappropriate time to do porking. Yeah, but that's her plan. Yeah, and she can't follow through with it though because he falls because he falls asleep and it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But then, and then the end of the movie is that they they kind of all fall asleep on the couch together, and that's ultimately what domestic bliss is all about, isn't oh, it? Oh, and what a fine day it was! <laughs> Such a fine day. It was one fine day. Yeah, and he takes down the mob, George Clooney. He takes down the mob. And God, it's so good. She wins the big contract. She wins the big architecture contract, and then the guys in the um, architecture firm are like, come and have cocktails with us. And she's like, I have to. And then during the cocktail, she's like, you know what, guys? Actually, I'm going to go to my son's soccer game, and that's why you should hire me. Gentlemen, if you're smart, you will want me as much for my dedication and ability as for the fact that I am going to ditch you right now, and I am going to run like hell across town so that my kid knows that what matters to me most is him. And Mr. Leland... Your real grounds for firing me should be if I were to stay here with you. He's more important. Because I care about my son more than I care about this contract. And that is the one the one part of the film that doesn't isn't what it would actually be like. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you Especially go to your job and you're like, you should <laughs> you should give me the big contract because I care more about my family. <laughs> Yeah. Than I I would about working late nights for this yeah. firm, and that ne- doesn't happen. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. But yeah. um, but it's cute in the movie. It's cute. Yeah, I and his job seems pretty unrealistic too. He's a reporter. Yeah, he's trying to take down the mob. And um, it's a fish murder does. movie. It's a fish murder movie. It's a fish murder movie. It's a pro cat movie. You've always you're good at yep. finding movies that oh, celebrate so the yep. life of cats. And there's yeah. a lot of cat play in this movie. There's a lot of cat play in this movie. The daughter of George Clooney, um, who is left with him by his uh, ex-wife, who suddenly has to go on a honeymoon and d- doesn't have a babysitter. I guess she expectedly has to go on a honeymoon and suddenly doesn't have a babysitter. Yeah. But she's like, hey, can you take the daughter for a week? Um, well, you know that um, me and Greg got married last Saturday. Oh, yeah. How's Greg? He's downstairs waiting in the car. Waiting with an ulcer, hoping you'll say yes. I need you to watch Maggie for me. 
Yeah. And that's why it's very unexpected. And he says, I would love to, but I'm working on taking down the mob. But the daughter loves cats. She does love cats. And she keeps wandering off to go find cats. Was your wife annoyed at George Clooney? Did she find his antics? Was that what it was? She found his antics annoying? I think my wife found a few things challenging. One, we discussed it very briefly. Tricky politics around gender. Yeah, no, it's it's not perfect. I know that. Two, yeah, the trope of like miscommunicating and misunderstanding one another and making all our decisions based on miscommunications and misunderstandings and swapping f- phones and not realizing it until it's too late. There's not like, a lot of that. that. There's not a of lot like, of that. The first part is true. Farce. The second part is uh, unfair to this film. Yeah. Um, you can tell it was wild we to wake me her up? they, uh, she's watching the ballet. Okay. We don't want, we don't want to interrupt that. Yeah. Um, it was wild to me that they, they do accidentally switch phones because the kids are playing with their phones. And they're mm-hmm. very 1996 cell phones. They accidentally switch, and then they realize it, and they call one another. And they're like, well, should we set up some time to switch phones? And George Clooney was like, yeah, let's just meet up tomorrow at school, and we'll switch them back. Yeah. And it's like, ima- remember when? Like, imagine the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 24 go, hours like, from 24 now hours. <laughs> is a fine time for you to get my phone back to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like an early cell phone movie. It's a love story in New York City. It's a love story in New York City. Yeah. And it was pretty fun to see New York back in 1996. Oh, I got to say, like, as somebody who has left New York and occasionally has pangs of uh, nostalgia for it, uh, there are a number of scenes in this movie, a, a surprising number of scenes in this movie uh, that involve Michelle Pfeiffer telling a cab driver to avoid Broadway. <laughs> Yeah. Could we go to the 21 Club instead? 21 West 52nd Street. And don't try to take 14th or 32nd or, or 44th across. Because you, you can't make a left uh, at, at this hour. No, don't take Broadway. It's bound to be a mess. Uh, try 6th uh, Avenue. So. But not until after 23rd because of the construction. That I did like have. I was like, yeah, that is what it is like. Yeah. Like that's, that's her thing. She's she's she likes like, what she likes. As well. Don't go down thirty fourth. It's one way at this time of day, and it's like, mm, God, I miss that. Yeah. Whenever I got in a cab, I just yeah. assume that guy knows more than I do about. I feel that way, and I don't. I don't. I we're like veering into dangerous, very dangerous, and very Seinfeld territory here. Yeah. Well, that's the deal. No. Yeah, but the so I'll be very careful and very brief about this, but. If you've seen New York movies like One Fine Day and you've never been to New York, when you get to New York, you will be surprised to find that that actually is more or less expected of you. Yeah. Like yeah, if you yeah. don't say avoid Broadway, <laughs> they will take like the, you're going to be on Broadway. <laughs> they will take the slowest, yeah, <laughs> most circuitous route. And that's Seinfeld stuff. Um, Every now and then taking a Uber or a cab in New York when I used to live there. The guy would be like, he would ask me for directions. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. Why? I don't drive these mean streets every day. Yeah. You tell me. You tell me. Um, the, there are a lot of cats in this film. A lot of cats. They do a good job with the cats, and the cat eats a fish. Cat play. The cat eats two fish. Yep. That's Lois Lane. Yeah. Because they're, they're looking. Uh, the uh, part of the trouble cat. is they're looking after the, um, the class fish. Yep. Um, and they bring down the mob. They bring down the mob. Yep, and then they um, they also get the big contract. 
And that's the that's the film. That's the whole film. May I now, Tanner, do um, a, a a new segment that's also an old segment with a, a fresh coat of paint? Uh, okay. Okay. You ready for yeah. this? You ready to strap yeah. in for this? Yeah. As you know, and as people who have been listening to our show for the last ten seasons will know, um, one of the through lines in babysitting novels and, and movies no- and video and novels. novels and and video novels is uh, Jackie Rudowski. Yeah, um, he's in from all the, the babys- babysitting books, books right? from the Babysitters Club books, and also from The Road and uh, The Dark Tower, and right. Um, right. you know a lot of babysitting literature. Um, it's kind of how they tie these worlds together. Yep. Um, and the segment, I don't, I don't totally know how to introduce this, uh, but I would just—I guess we will just call it. We have to go back, Kate. Backtracking, Jackie. Okay, so you're like doing like a reverse flash kind of thing. It's a reverse flash, yeah. Is that what's reverse flash? You're now in reverse. He's like flash, but he's in reverse. Okay, I think that it's like that. It's tracking Jackie, but backwards. Yeah, backtracking. Where we find out. Can you? Here's the thing. Here's how the segment intro goes. Yeah. Figure out what phonemes you have to say to say backtracking Jackie backwards. Okay. And say them and then reverse it in post. Okay, perfect. You know, you want me to try so to do that now? Let's let's figure it out together. Back tracking Jackie. So you catch, you catch. Yeah. Uh, tracking in art. Nick Krat. Nick Krat. And then um, cap, cab. So I think if you run that back, you catch. It'll be pretty flawless, you and I both saying. Yeah, perfect. Backtracking, Jackie. Great, and we'll just kind of lay that over the music. I'll see what it looks like if I turn the music backwards. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah I would do that and, too. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll bow out of that if it sounds too horrifying. Yeah. Um, but, but it's where we um, we talk about how Jackie Rudowski got in this movie. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you a passage from a Babysitter's Club novel, and then we'll blip into the film. Does that sound good? I thought we had um I thought we had kind of moved past those. Yeah, I know, but it's Jackie Rudowski, so we see how he started. Okay. Okay, you ready? Yep. You can have the job, Christy, said Don quickly. I grinned wickedly. Is Jackie too much for you? I asked. No, not exactly. You know I like him. His brothers too. It's just well, you never know what's gonna happen at the Rudowskis. That's true, and it's all because of Jackie, the middle of the three Radowski boys. Shay is nine, Archie is four, and Jackie is seven, and a walking disaster. He's just totally accident-prone, and he doesn't have little accidents, like skin knees. No, he's more apt to lock himself in the bathroom and then get his hand caught down the drain of the tub. I could understand why Don preferred not to sit for him. Schedule me for Tuesday, I told Marianne. Then I called Mrs. Radowski back to tell her that I would be sitting. When I arrived at the Radowski's house, Mrs. Radowski greeted me with a smile. This is pretty long, by the way. Long passage. Yeah. Shay and Archie are watching an old Rosemary Clooney movie in the den, she said. But Jackie's upstairs. Why don't you go say hi? I ran up the stairs two at a time and knocked on Jackie's door. Hey, kiddo, I said. The Crushers just lost our last game by just one run. If you'd been there, I know we would have pulled it out. There was no response, so I pushed the door open. Jackie was standing in the middle of the room, a glassy look in his eyes, as if he were looking through space and time, peeking into a galactic expanse so vast that if I were to glimpse it, even for a second, I would go mad. But Jackie did not look as if he had gone mad. He didn't even look 
overwhelmed, not really. The only way I could describe it at the time was resigned. Did you hear me, Jackie? I said. We need our little Superman back on the crushers. He turned to me in that moment, and as long as I live, I will never forget it. It wasn't the words he said, but the way he said them. Like, if I could just get at the truth of them somehow, I would understand something about the universe that would change me forever. It's not Superman we need to worry about, he said, fixing me with a stare that pierced into the very depths of my being. It's Lois Lane. Okay, Jackie, I said, wanting to understand but afraid to ask more. Why don't we head downstairs? Your brothers are watching some old Rosemary Clooney movie. He looked at me sharply. Something about what I had said had upset him. Suddenly he shivered, as if shaking himself out of a reverie, breathed a deep sigh, as someone ten times his years might do, at the thought of embarking upon some onerous but unavoidable task. And when he looked up again, it seemed as if the old Jackie had returned somehow, at least for a moment. Can I bring the class fish down with us, he said. Jackie was very proud that he'd been put in charge of his class's goldfish this weekend, and he was taking his job very seriously, bringing the goldfish in its bowl everywhere he went. Of course, I said, but before I could say the words, be careful, Jackie had already grabbed the bowl, turned around, and stepped on a remote control car that was sitting on the floor, sending himself, the bowl, and the fish flying up into the air in what seemed like slow motion. Blip. Yeah. Okay. Now we're blipped. Into one fine day. Into one fine day. Okay. And now you have to watch the entirety of the film. Jackie is looking around and he's he doesn't know quite where he is, but he realizes that he's swimming and he looks and everything seems magnified because uh, it's like a concave uh, bowl that he's inside. And uh, guess what happens? See, I told you we'd make it. <laughs> <laughs> Any other catastrophes? That's George Clooney. And it's funny, but it's not if you're the fucking fish. Uh, Which book was it again? Uh, I think it's Christy and the Walking Disaster. Oh, like number nine or whatever? Number 20. Oh, um, I don't. It's been so long since I read that book. Yeah. But something in that passage didn't quite sound right to me or something surprised me about that passage. What was it? Was that Rosemary Clooney Rosemary Clooney film. Yeah. And that's George Clooney's aunt. Aunt. That's aunt? fucking... Cr- aunt or mom? I think it's his aunt. Okay. That's crazy. And that's pretty surprising, right? Wow, I did not put that together. So wait, you're saying that Anne somehow knew? Because that's too much of a coincidence, right? If they're watching a Clooney film oh, and I then think like... Anne knows, where I think Anne blips? knows all of this. Okay, yeah. That's wild. I think Anne, Anne is the one who's like... I want to say, like, you know, she's invented the universe. She's the one who's kind of, like, tracking Jackie's movement throughout the universe. But what I mean is she invented our universe. Right. She invented the universe. Yeah. And she's tracking Jackie's movement through this. Through all of space and time. Yeah. So God, that's crazy. It was just part of her grand plan. That's crazy. When I read that at the time, I just like read it in the context of the Babysitters Club. But like, I, I like watching this movie. I suddenly remembered that passage. Yeah, and I was just like, "There's just like too much in this." Yeah, and then it's like, "Well, who is he in this movie?" And it's like, "Wait, he's the fucking fish." 
And the cat eats the fish, and And it's a fish murder movie. He has to die. It's pretty fucked. If you think about this movie from the point of view of the fish, it, like... Really changes how you think about the film, doesn't it? I felt bad for those fish. They were constantly getting like dragged around New York, jostling around in their little fish bowl. Yeah. And then they get eaten by a cat at the New York Post's office. Yeah. And then they're quickly replaced by a baby kitten who spends the second half of the film being dragged around New York, constantly being jostled yeah, around. They have no qualms about adopting a kitten and then being like and the way that we adopt this kitten is like i can just hold him everywhere <laughs> we'll just take him that down. does not work like a, they go a to a soccer kitten. game and he's like holding a kitten yeah that's not gonna work man it didn't well, it did work it did it was fine um should we take a quick break and come yes. back and yes. talk more about this film yes okay okay see you soon Here we are. Here we are, Jack. Are you vaccinated yet? No. When do you get to get vaccinated? You're not going to do it. You're kind of anti-vax. Why would you say You're not that? like actually anti-vax, but you do not like getting shots. You, and you don't get the That's flu your shot. banter. That's yeah. your banter. Back when That's you your banter bringing us back. I've not. You don't get Everybody the flu should shot. get vaccinated. Yeah, <laughs> except you. Everyone should get vaccinated so that Jack doesn't have to because he doesn't believe in it. No, that's not how I feel, and I can't wait. And I, the and only specifically, th- I remember you said you specifically moved to Texas because of their. That's um, not true. Viewpoint this sucks. on this sucks masks as a thing to, and this is, uh, indoor. I here. Let me say this. Here's a thought. Here's a thought for you. Yeah. I was like, I've got a lot of notes, but I've also been talking a lot, so I'm going to let Tanner bring us in because i'm sure he's got something he wants to say about the movie yeah. and i and wanted this to confront is, you <laughs> this is what you wanted to bring us in on the uh the weight is for me is that they just moved it into people who are 50 and up <laughs> oh that's you're getting there and sarah was like we're getting there and i was like don't say that <laughs> but that's what the weight is so once they move down into the next set of folks i'm gonna be first in line can't wait looking forward to it tanner let's talk about the film this shit when people are listening to this in um uh michaela and lakeland's time they're gonna be like what are you talking about oh the wait what do you mean when they're listening to this episode like oh the hundred years from now yeah that banter is just not gonna age well people are like what the fuck are you talking about they're gonna be. They're gonna have their own issues with the whatever that disease is that Cable has in the X Men that turns people into metal. Okay, that's what they're gonna be worried about. That's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough, and there's no vaccine for that. Um, listen, we got to talk about this film. Uh, I'm super excited to talk more about it. Let's see what I have. A lot more fish talk. You want to do some more fish talk? Yeah, let's do more fish talk. This one's kind of a Jackie take the wheel because not because I'm not willing to speak, although I am in a cranky mood. I think very it's, cranky mood. Yeah, I think it's mostly because it is your favorite film. So I love it. Yeah, I want you to. I want it. I want to treat it with the reverence it deserves, and I want to give you lots of space to explore the text. And it Let's sounds like you have a lot more fish stuff. Fish stuff. Um, I guess this is probably a segment that we like to call fan theories with Cam Geary. Oh uh, yeah, or He Man Facts with Wee Man Jacks. <laughs> I guess um, the. <laughs> I said this before the break, but if you think about this film from the point of view of the fish, it's a very different movie. Right, right, right. Yes, you're pretty, you're pretty hung up on this fish POV thing. But think about it from the point of view of the fish, from Jackie Rudowski's point yeah. of view. Every time I watch a film, 
Yeah. I try to think of it as from the the point of view of a fish. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, you're going to be you know? in pretty good shape for this conversation we're about to have. Yeah. You watch um, The Godfather. Yeah. And you're like, what would this be like if I were a fish? <laughs> You know what I mean? Okay, what about Fishman teaches cat eating lessons to a girl that won a fucking Oscar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. watch that well, from the point which, of view of the fish, it makes a ton of sense. Which fish? The Fishman. The one who has sex with the woman? Yeah. Okay, and eats a cat. Yeah. Yeah. And it's spoilers for that movie, it won an Oscar. It won an Oscar for its uh, brave portrayal of cat eating. <laughs> But this movie, if you think about it from the point of view of the fish, it's so interesting because the fish, the fish wakes up one morning and then is taken not to back to school, but to an office where it is eaten by a cat. Yeah. Life is nasty, brutish and short. Well, think about that. Think about the wild ride that fish went on first, though. Yeah. This fish lives in a classroom. Yeah. In New York. It's like, like the it, kids in Miss Coleman's class. It sees the same thing day in and day out. Yeah. A bunch of snot nosed kids. Right. All of a sudden, it's whisked around New York. It sees like the Circle Line. It sees FAO Schwartz. It's like it's getting a. It goes to the New York Post head offices. You know, yeah. like it's getting. It's seeing a world that it, it's its mind is must be completely blown at how expansive right. the universe truly can. It's be. insane. Yeah, and like maybe it's a mercy. Maybe this fish is just so overwhelmed with the power and the scale of the universe that it's tiny little fish brain is fried. And this cat comes along. He's like, I'm going to do you a mercy. I'm going to put you out of your misery. Oh, so the cat is good. I'm going to eat you. Yeah. It is a good cat too, though. Handsome. It's a very handsome cat. It looks like Jenkins. Both of the cats in this movie look like Jenkins. Yeah. It's beautiful. So that's interesting. That's interesting. But fish is also a metaphor in the film, isn't it? He goes to his psychiatrist at some point. Oh right, 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 and they're they're kind of the the girl egg is there, egg from um, Arrested, Arrested Development, Development is there. there, and they she's a little girl in this. She's not a teenager like she was in Arrested Development. This is some years before Arrested Development. Okay, yeah. So she's a little girl, and they don't want to talk about what I I didn't I I had trouble understanding yeah. the metaphor. Yeah, um, it's definitely about sex, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you want me to... I'll read it to you. Did you you capture it? We'll play a clip. Okay. Now, so he goes to his shrink, and the daughter is there because he wasn't expecting to have to babysit. And again, this is a babysitting movie. So he has to talk in a weird way. And so he says to the shrink the following thing. Now, just because my frosting... That's come. And just because the frosting is my specialty doesn't mean that I can't do more. I have many layers to me, and they're not... All vanilla, either. I have chocolate in me. I have a deep, dark chocolate. That's I wish I could find a fish who wasn't afraid of my dark chocolate layer. And you know, she'd have to love my cookie, too. You know, I think, I think that my ex-cookie maker has turned me off to fish entirely. I don't think he's speaking in metaphors at all, actually. Okay. I think he means, by frosting, he means cum. Okay, and that's unfortunate that you have said that. The chocolate stuff is poop, and I think he's pooping on fish. Okay, and that's, uh, again, unfortunate. And that's the only way he can finish is when he's pooping on fish. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, such a bummer that that's what you think. That's what the the filmmaker 
chose. Either or, I would say, I guess, like, I know. And that's why he struggles know. with love. Yeah. You know, all these women are interested in him, but yeah. he's like, yeah. Like, Amanda Peet, uh, sure, you're one of the most beautiful women in the world. Right. But, like, I'm, I, there's a, there's, I have to put my walls up because there's a tension behind, between us, and I can't even explain what the tension is because what I'm into is so upsetting. Yeah. That, like, I cannot even begin to figure out how to invite you in. Yeah, I hadn't seen the film that way, and I guess what I'll say, just to kind of hopefully put an end to the conversation, is either it's a bummer that they did the movie like that, and now I agree with Jamie. Yeah. Or it's a bummer that that's what you took out of it. Well, I took it out of it because that's what they wanted me to take No, either thing is bad. But there's a big fish metaphor, isn't there? Oh um, well, yeah. It kind of depends on whether or not it's a metaphor, or whether he's being literal. Okay, well, listen to this, Tanner. Listen to this. The fish dies. So, from the point of view of the fish, and we've said this before, but the movie is pretty dark. Yeah, if, if for, the, for fish. At the end of the film, at the one hour and twenty-three minute mark of the film, Michelle, Ma, sorry, Mackay, Fi- what is Mackay it? Pfeiffer. Mackay, Mackay Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. There's no movie. There's the, no Mackay Pfeiffer. The it's, uh, Gangster's Paradise music video. Okay, and also uh, a reference in Eight Mile in in the song "Lose yeah. Yourself in the Song" and, a, and a, a starring role in the film Eight Mile. Yeah, she's a, she's having uh, drinks with the architects, but she's like wants to go to her son's soccer game, and he's outside the window. And then here's what she says to the architects. But what gets to me more than anything is that instead of crying about it, he's out there with a big old smile, blowing fish faces at us. The child yeah, is the thing. Guess guess who he's t- guess who he's hanging out with. No, please. At that time, please, because in my mind, I thought we had kind of put a had that conversation and ended it. Yeah, that part of it. And Jack, who who is he outside with at that? No, moment? I, I know who, but what I think is just to kind of blow past that. Yeah, if you I could, you want to? You do want to blow past it? And I do very badly want to. Okay. Think about this movie as like these are fish who have been abandoned and let down, right? Like the child is too. It's a it's a babysitting sin has happened to this child. The father has abandoned him. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. the mother is in the act of doing the same thing. Right. Father's on tour with the fucking boss. Yeah. Just like what happened to the class fish. Just like what happened to Jackie Rudowski. That makes sense. And then at the end of the film, George Clooney goes and gets more fish. Okay, his, and that actually his lusts does, are insatiable. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay, we could do a different. He's finally topic. ready yeah. to share with okay. someone we who he loves and trusts, topic. and he brings fish to her apartment, and he's like, yeah. "Let's get weird. Let's get wild. Yeah, let's poop on some fish." There's uh, some bad babysitting in this movie, isn't there? You want to do pros and cons? Yeah. All right. So the two there's two babysitters, two babies. Yeah. The two babysitters are George Clooney and Mackay Pfeiffer. And at any moment in the film when the uh, the parent is looking after their own child exclusively, it's not babysitting. That's or not it's babysitting. it's gray area babysitting. We can't we don't know. Because it's the road debate, was a babysitting we're not movie and they Radio novel. Video book, I think. Yeah. Ugh, how do you say it? R- radio book. It was a babysitting radio book and but it's a hundred percent of it is looking after your own baby. Yeah, and that's still that the jury's still out on that one. We've we've made a lot of compelling points for and against. No, there's no consistency in our argument there. Yeah, 
But we don't have to worry about that. What we can say definitively in this film is that anytime they are watching their own kid, it's not babysitting. Anytime they're watching both kids or the other kid, it is babysitting. Yeah. And the pros and cons yeah. of this are pros. Everybody gets together and does a yeah. big kiss. And there's no do doing it, you, you pervert, because you, it's- who's, who's the pervert? The listeners. Oh, right. Because they're like, oh, okay, well, one fine day. <laughs> I know right. what the perfect end to a one fine day is, and that's what all the listeners are saying. Yeah, and it's like- some fish. No, actually, they just fall asleep on the couch, and that's what the fine day is. And it's cute. It's cute as hell. Okay. Pro. God, yeah. They do a big kiss. They Con- do a big kiss. That's not babysitting pro, really. That's just a general pro. Plus, they do a kiss sometimes. Yeah. They they lose leave, the baby. They lose a baby. They lose they lose a baby. They lose a baby. Yeah. Egg goes wandering off. Yeah. Pro. They take down the mob. They take down the mob. And if you can do that while you're babysitting. That's amazing. Whoop. Yeah. Chrissy could do it. Con, they get marble stuck in the nose. Big marble stuck in the nose of the boy. And they need yeah, to go to the bad. doctor to get the marble extracted. And they can't, I like... I told you my Nerf ball story, right? Did you get a Nerf ball stuck in your nose? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why? When I was a young man, yeah. uh, 16, 17, <laughs> six or seven, uh, I have no recollection of this. My mom said that I uh, one day noticed that I smelled really bad. <clears throat> and I don't mean, like, I was using my nose poorly. Yeah. I mean, like... She said I stunk. Yeah. And she couldn't figure out why it smelled so bad, but it was coming out of my nose. Okay. This terrible smell. So she took me to the doctor, and the doctor took a pair of tweezers and went up into my nose and pulled out like a entire Nerf football that I had torn into pieces and jammed up my nose. <laughs> and it sat up there for like a week and rotted. God, and that explains to, so much. They needed to pull it out like one little chunk at a time. <laughs> What do you think that of that? Sucks, man. Yeah. God, it's like that's so sucks. compacted up in my nasal cavities. I went to the doctor because I got a marble stuck up my nose. But on Did the they way, use the alligator on it? No, on the way to the doctor, I like learned how to hockey snort. Okay. I evolved. Pro, they are they are uh, adaptable. She she is a high powered architect, and she's neat in wearing nice clothes because she does have a client meeting later today. And the boy keeps managing to mess up her clothes in various ways. He pours a serendipity frozen hot chocolate on it. He's always just squirting food on her. Right. And then they go to the American Natural History Museum. Yeah. And she buys herself a cute shirt with a velociraptor on it. Yeah, it looks good. And she wears it for a majority of the film. Adaptable. Yeah. So that's a pro. Con, um, they miss the school trip, don't they? They do miss the school trip. They're 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 on on a boat. They're all on a boat, the Circle Line. And George Clooney, in a typical way, she's like, "They're on the first boat." And he's like, "They're not on the first boat, you woman." <laughs> and it turns out that they were on the first boat. Let me make this claim to you, and just like because we got to weigh in in the segment on whether the babysitting the film was good or bad. And then I'll talk to you about my grand unified theory of babysitting, if you'd like. Mm. But let me make this claim first. The babysitting in the film is bad, but not because of Michelle Pfeiffer or George Clooney. Okay. The failure of babysitting is all the babysitters of New York. 
Right. They keep there's a there's a facility. They're both well off, very successful professionals. Right. And yet they should be able to who are like to. for one day of their lives, the thing they need is the babysitters club. Right. More than anything. Right. And, it's and they there. live in the Upper West Side too. Guess who else lives in the Upper West Side? Stacey's mom. Stacey McGill. Yeah. Just give they drop the kids off at Stacey McGill. Instead they keep dropping them yeah. they drop them off at this place called like the Ninth Street Drop In Center. And there's LSD. The kids are all doing LSD. Yeah, and it's all the all the kids are superheroes, and they're all doing LSD. Sammy, you're just gonna have to be tough and brave. And what's wa- LSD? LSD? Spider-Man was talking to Maggie about LSD that he got from his brother. That's a pro. They're they're pretty adaptable, and they figure out superhero costumes for Egg and Boy. Yeah, on the fly. Yeah. Con. They drop them off at that place where all the kids are doing LSD. Yeah, and it's bad. Yeah. It's a great movie. Everybody should watch it. You'll fall in love again. I promise you. I promise if you watch this movie, you'll fall in love again. If you're you'll in the 52%. all over again. Yep. Um, I thought it was fine. Do you want to hear my grand unified theory of babysitting? I guess, I'm working yeah. on it. I'm working on it. Oh, a whip. You what? Whip. What is whip? Work in progress. It's a whip. Yeah, it's a whip. Yeah. It's a work in progress. I, I need say you to watch, Say watch me whip. Do you want me to say it? Mm-hmm. Is it like ghost riding the whip? Sort of. So just say, watch me whip. Okay, watch me whip. And now say, watch me nay And say what? And watch me nay nay. And watch me nay nay. Okay, and what? And that's the name of the Are segment. Are you going to meme it now? Yeah. <laughs> that's the name of the segment. It's called Watch Me Whip, Watch Me Nay Nay. Because it's a work in progress. Yeah. Okay, good. I like it. Watch me whip and please do also watch me nay nay. And what we're going to say now is the grand unified theory of babysitting. We're going to get there together. Here's what I think. Anne knows all. And Martin. Yeah. Yeah. She crafted the universe. She crafted the universe. She crafted the babysitting universe. She crafted the sitterverse. universe. Uh, every universe. And every babysitting galaxy has a view on every other babysitting galaxy and they're all connected in the great scheme of sinning right okay yep go then there are other worlds than these that's from a great babysitting novel called the dark tower mm-hmm. right and we've read a bunch of these video novels in the last 10 weeks or so and radio books yep i'm finding that they're falling into categories okay you're starting to see some patterns i'm starting, starting to see, see some, some patterns coalesce there are films or books or radio books that fall into the category that are centered around the original sin of babysitting, which is losing a baby. Yes. And that's the Dark Tower, the gunslinger, yeah. losing a baby. He-Man and She-Ra, the Christmas special. Losing a baby. They lost uh, Dora um, uh, in the early days of Eternia. Dora, she was kidnapped and taken to another planet. Yep. Then you have babysitting films that are around the fallen state, the post-lapsarian world where the baby has been lost, but the baby is found, and they're kind of struggling to figure out what to do with it. Right. Walter World. Yep. Willow. Yep. Mangalorian. Yep. Road. The Road... I guess it's that too, yeah. I guess so. You're right. I I classified it as a problem narrative, but you're right. It fits into the. I think well, state. and I think there there are certain uh, radio novels and video novels and radio books that will 
skirt the line. Yeah. Oh, no, no. They're all, there's a gray categories. area. Yeah. They're all going to yeah. kind of fit into each other. Yeah. And then I, there's two more states to me that are interesting. One okay. is the apotheosis. Okay. That's, this is, and I'm not condoning this necessarily, but it is the situation where you gain a baby. You gain another baby by creating a nuclear family. That can be good. Or it can be bad. But one fine day it falls into that, right? They gain a baby. Each of the two actors in this film gains a baby. One one sitter, one sat becomes... Two sitters, two sat. Well, depends or, on your POV or two parents and two kids. Right. And that's the it's the ultimate, like, phoenix rising from the ashes. Right. Like, your babysitting is so good that suddenly you're a, f- a whole family. Right. That's interesting. Another example of that? The governess game. Oh, yeah. It, it really does feel like breathing the the like spark of life into a lump of clay you know like yeah you weren't even intending to babysit you were just a sitter and a sat and now you are a family yeah that's beautiful that's huge bringing a baby is that oh right she gives birth to the panther and then now they both have a panther and they got two of them and he did gives birth to a panther right and then the final narrative that i think is interesting i guess this is where i put i had put the road is it's a rejection narrative. It's where you you have a baby, but you you find a baby, but you reject it. And you either lose the baby or you lose yourself. And, and the I would put the moment. Yeah, the music, the moment. Go. Yeah. You've only Mackay, got one there's shot. No Pfeiffer. There's no Mackay Pfeiffer in this. And that's the, the point of that. That's the point of that lyric. Right. The road. He's he talking loses, about the road. There's no Mackay Pfeiffer in that. He gains a baby, but he loses himself. Spoilers for the road. Yep. And then Adventures in Babysitting. That's all the movies and radio novels we read? Adventures in Babysitting, They, um, she rejects babysitting at the end of it, doesn't she? Yeah. She and rejects that's... the concept of babysitting. She says, I'll never sit again. Right. Um, there's uh, Strangler Things and Mrs. Doubtfire. And the, she to, loses uh, the baby. Is left. Mrs. Doubtfire. No. Adventure in Babysitting. Oh, she does? She loses the baby. Yeah. You know, these things bleed into each other. But the other two we've done is, is Strangler Things and Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm classifying them as problem narratives. But it's useful to have a, a taxonomy, I think. Yeah. I think this is good. We'll continue to fit all of these. And what and the Babysitter's Club? Babysitter's Club is all of it. That's what's so amazing about what Anne does is she goes through all of these. Think about it. They lost a baby, right? That's um, uh, uh, Jake Coon fell down a well. Yep. Is it Jake Coon? I always forget. Or Tommy Sue. I don't remember. There's the original sin of babysitting, right? That's when uh, Amelia Freeman, they lost their, their, that family lost their baby. Yep. Um, finding a baby happens constantly. They're finding babies. They're always finding babies. They're finding babies everywhere. Um, and then getting a baby and creating a nuclear family. Yes, guess what? It happens. Dawn and and Christy are babies. And, and I don't, I don't want to... Mr. Spear and Sharon get married. I don't want to celebrate Anne. we're not throwing you a parade Anne. like sure great you've you've managed to sound off on all of the taxonomy of babysitting narratives right but you had you took five years of our lives and something like 200 books and like 15 years of your life 20 years of your life to do it like there's only like five of these categories. Some of these movies we're watching get it done in two hours. They'll like cover off on two or three of them, you know? Right. And it took you that much media to hit every mark, but it's just like, 
At some point, it's it's. What do we got here? Oh, I sent you a text. Yeah, should I read it? Yeah, you can look at it. This is an image. Yeah. So the image I sent you, while I was watching this film today, the film randomly froze on this image. Okay. So I took a picture of it. Okay. I sent it to you. Yeah, I'm looking at it. What do you see? It re- like uh, the film just like stopped. It stopped dead for no reason on this image for like five minutes and then foreground going again. Yeah, George Clooney looking handsome as hell. This is pre gray George Clooney. He's still got dark brown hair. He's got he his looks classic great. Caesar cut. I know we're not supposed to call George Clooney Doctor McDreamy because I learned late in life that there's another guy who's different from George Clooney who's also in ER who's called Doctor McDreamy. Well, let's just call him Doctor McSteamy instead. God damn, is he Doctor McDreamy to me? Yeah. Yeah, we'll call him Dr. McSteamy. That's great. Um, th- and then on his shoulders is Egg. Yeah, from his uh, Arrested daughter. Yeah. And then behind them is a, a classic New York street scene. Forget yeah. about it. We got a people walking down the sidewalk. We yeah. got cars on the road, including taxi yeah. cabs. Anything stand out to you, Tanner, in this scene? Lots of things are happening. There's a lot of faces looking at me. Some Everybody's of them are... wearing gray and brown. Well, that's New York. Yeah. I mean, almost everybody. Well, there's a woman wearing red. Oh, wait, what? There's a, wait, what? There's a woman wearing red and there's a there's man wearing yellow. There's one woman? One what? Woman wearing In red. In the crowd? Yeah. Wearing red? Yeah. Tanner, you know yeah. what that's from? Schindler's List. The <laughs> Matrix. Oh, right. <laughs> it also happened in Schindler's List. I, <laughs> I haven't seen not, it. I hope that's not what you're talking about. <laughs> It's literally a scene from The Matrix. Yeah, it's and this a scene takes from the Matrix. the Matrix. And I don't... I, here's where I thought you were headed is, you got George Clooney, you've got the woman in the red scarf behind him, you've got the yeah. man reading the newspaper next to her, you've got yeah. the woman in the red dress. Between them and a man in a yellow coat with his arm around the woman in the red dress. And then right to stage right, her left, mm-hmm. of the red woman in red is... The smiling woman. Oh fuck! I didn't even and her, notice her that. face is grotesque. It's yeah. You, there's no detail. All yeah. you can see is her menacing smile. And that's from the Sitterverse. And, and the Anne knows that. Cold and that's, black eyes. God, man! If that's the man in black, well, it's a smiling man. Yeah, it's a smiling man. And now he's a uh, presenting as a woman. And whoever it is follows us through every incarnation they're always there anytime we look at a picture related to the babysitter's club multiverse yeah the smiling man is always there and sometimes the smiling man is a woman yeah and what Anne is also saying is hey look it's the woman in red it's from the matrix and we're in the matrix it's just a warning right 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 um we should do our burns very quickly and then we should go oh shit almost forgot about burns let's say our burns uh it's a segment we like to do and it's called our They the Ninth Street Drop Off Center, yeah, is full of rough and tumble kids, yeah, uh, who are ornery. They're horny. They're all hopped up on LSD. They're all dressed like superheroes. They uh, George Clooney tries to drop off the kids, but they're not in superhero costumes. They're immediately confronted by the bad boys mm-hmm. who are cruel. Yeah, and they say to the boy who's not Egg, that... Hey, little 
looks like a poo-poo crybaby. <laughs> I thought you would like that. Yeah. And that was my burn. Because yeah. he, he does look a good like burn. a poopy doo head. Because he's not dressed like the Hulk. Yeah. He's not dressed like Spider-Man. He's not dressed like Thor. It sucks. Um, Can I do my burn? Yeah. At the 40 minute and 8 second mark, Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney are having a big fight. Mm-hmm. And they have the following exchange. Michelle Pfeiffer says. You're blaming your Peter Pan complex what on your Peter mother. Pan the one complex. you're so proud of. Friends. I don't have time for friends. And George Clooney says. That's because of your Captain Hook complex. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's funny. Jamie would hate it. Yeah. She's missing a hand. Yeah. she. Oh, yeah. I should say she's missing a hand in this film. It's yeah. a huge. Yeah. And, and uh, Crocodile is chasing her. Yeah, cro- Crocodile is chasing her. She's always being attended to by her right-hand man, who's a guy called Smee. He's it's very like subservient. Little, yeah. yeah. Kind of a, a short guy. Yeah. And there's a ticking talk crocodile that keeps following them through the city. Yeah, I wa- just watched the film. We should have said that in the description. Yeah, just yeah. watch the movie. Yeah. yeah. We have to go. Uh, okay. I would like to thank the Baby Nation for bearing with us. I would like to say that you must subscribe to our Patreon. Please do go there. It's patreon.com slash podcast. You can get a whole other show where we talk about the little sister books and we sing the descriptions. I would like to remind everyone to go to bit.ly slash merch and buy our merch. Please don't go to bit.ly slash podcast. It's a church it's place. a church podcast. It seems fine. Well, but listen I, to it. If you want to, yeah. if you're interested in this guy's sermon, listen to it. Yeah. I don't know. It seems good. It seems healthy. Find something bigger than yourself, you know? Find something bigger than yourself. And also, while you're at it, please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. And finally, please join the Baby Nation Facebook group. Everybody's nice there. I promise you will have a nice time. Yeah. All that remains is for me to say that this week we read a novel. It was called One Fine Day. I liked it. Tanner kind of liked it. 48% of people on Rotten Tomatoes fucking wife, obviously didn't included. watch it yeah jamie i'm gonna be talking to you later next week we're gonna be reading a little book called i don't know i think we said it was gonna be baby island but we might change that could be baby island could be something else please do remember everybody that this week my name has been jack alexander shepherd my name is Tanner Greenring. I am now asking you to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip man, take your dream horse through that maze. This is the way. Berries to blood, there is no God, and we are his prophets. I may be a shitty boyfriend, but I'm a damn good babysitter. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been... Did you notice who did this movie? Who made it? Uh, no. Linda Obst. Linda Obst did this. It's a Linda Obst production. You know what else Linda Obst made? No. Adventures in Babysitting. Okay. She's fucking on to us. Obst. Obst. O-B-S-T. That's an acronym. Oh, it's an acronym for what? Don't know. I was hoping you can come up with one quickly if I said it. Usually not. <laughs> Historically, yeah. no. Orbs.
Orbs, bees. Sexy Tanner. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast.